This week, Jews around the world are celebrating Hanukkah. Each night, they light the menorah at home and at their synagogues, including at a synagogue in Dubai that once kept its existence hidden in the shadows. Does its emergence mean tolerance and relations towards Israel in the region are improving? This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today from Jerusalem is Bloomberg's Jonathan Furziger, who wrote about this synagogue in the recent edition of Bloomberg Business Week. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Can you describe this synagogue in Dubai for me? Well, that's the weird thing. I can't really. It looks like about 400 other uh, houses in the neighborhood, and that's what it is. It's a house they call it the villa. And what you see from the street is a wall. And all the all the houses in uh, Dubai are surrounded by walls. If you know where it is, uh, and it's not easy to find out, um, but if they tell you the address, then you go there, you uh, press the doorbell, and uh, somebody comes out and opens it. And then you come into uh, a small courtyard. Um, the villa is a house. It's a nice house. Um, they come into a sitting room, a living room. There's a kosher kitchen there, and now we're getting into why it's a synagogue. Um, and then there is a large kind of activity room uh, that they have turned into the sanctuary, uh, the synagogue itself. Um, so there is an ark, and the ark has uh, two uh, Torah scrolls. Um, and there's a table where they put the Torah scroll on and they read it on the Sabbath. And then there's a bookcase with lots of uh, prayer books. And it's you know basically a nice but very, very modest space. Now, if I'm walking down the street, am I going to see that this is a synagogue? Or am I just going to walk right by it and think it's just another villa? David, forget about it. You have no idea. It really is. I, I, I believe that there are... Um, Emirati security uh, people who are watching it, and they're watching it. It's a police state. Everybody's always watching. But no, you would not know. So, Jonathan, tell me about the backstory then, about how this temple was founded and why. Okay, so I, I think um, for years, I mean, we're talking about Bloomberg. So a lot of these people are Bloomberg clients. They're people who are in finance and trade and energy and, and diamonds. Um, and they, uh, you know, business people go to Dubai because it is, you know, seriously a regional hub of finance. And it's easier to do business in Dubai than in many of the Gulf states, largely because of the very strict uh, rules of, uh, of Islam that govern dress and women, and also just the sophistication of the, uh, the businesses that, that's going on. So Dubai is, is a gateway. Um, and for years, you could not go into, you still cannot go into the United Arab Emirates with an Israeli passport. Earlier, and that's the same anywhere in the Gulf and virtually anywhere in the Arab world except for uh, Egypt and Jordan, with which Israel has uh, peace treaties. So you're a Jewish guy, and if you haven't been to Israel and had your passport stamped, um, then no problem. You can walk in there, and you know, your heart's probably beating a little faster. But they've always allowed um, people in. Um, but if you have the Israeli stamp, forget about it. They, it was officially uh, an enemy state. Hmm. And that's kind of relaxed lately. 
Now, so why has it relaxed? Why now is a temple in Dubai, even though it's kind of hidden off the streets, why is it not a big deal? What's going on in the region that makes it acceptable? So, so that's what blew me away. It really is still a big deal. And they uh, agreed, uh, I'm talking about the, uh, the people in the Jewish community, agreed for Bloomberg uh, to, to write about them. And this is uh, me and uh, Lisa Odenheimer, who's my, my colleague in Jerusalem. Um, we've seen this place um, for the last uh, two or three years. At least it was uh, three years ago. And we said, wow, this is really wild, um, a synagogue in, in Dubai. Uh, and they said, yeah, but please don't say anything about it. <laughs> and the, when they speak in the synagogue, whenever they speak publicly, they say, please remember, nothing that goes on here can be described, cannot be published. They are paranoid. And sometimes, you know, you're paranoid. You have a reason to be scared. So they, there has been nothing written about this synagogue um, forever, um, for the last um, you know, 20, 30 years. And then um, things are moving. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, it's really kind of a domestic, kind of indigenous thing, that in the UAE they say, well, you know, we are the gateway um, but we want to do better. We want you know better people. We want uh, startups. We want uh, you know sophisticated finance. But we have these barriers to entry, and one of them is that the treatment of religious minorities. And I'm not just talking about Jews, but uh, you know Buddhists and Hindus. Everybody has to kind of keep a low profile. So what did they do? They appointed, now this is the, uh, the emir, Sheikh Mohammed, um, he appoints a minister of tolerance. Right? And on top of that, he has a minister of happiness and well-being. <laughs> so these are the themes that they want to uh, project with which they want to brand themselves and invite you know, more people to come in. And, uh, and I think that you know, the having um, a synagogue in Dubai um, says to people, hey, you know, it's uh, things are getting a little bit more welcoming. So I understand they want to project this image of things being more welcome, but it's not like tolerance uh, against Jews just disappeared in the region. So are there those in the United Emirates who still oppose the idea of this temple? Totally. And that's why it's uh, underground or under the radar. You know, they've sort of lifted the veil to um, enable us to write the story. But seriously, there were so many constraints, so many things that they have asked me not to say and not to. We didn't publish pictures, for instance, Mm -hmm. of the Torah. And the Torah is it is just magnificent. So you're in Jerusalem right now. What's what's it like there and all around Israel when people hear of a temple in Dubai? Well, it's totally like what the. <laughs> it, it is, you know, that is the amazing thing about this story. It's kind of, you know, simple. It shouldn't be news, but everybody is so certain that the Arab world um, is closed to uh, certainly Israel, but. You know, to Jews, 
that um, this is sort of one of those gut things, and, and everybody kind of smiles. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. In this game of perception, where does the U.S. and President Donald Trump's desire for a Middle East peace plan, where does that play into this? You know, it's sort of like this uh, little, I don't know, the drum beat or just like a tap, tap, tap in the background. I would say that nobody, I mean, nobody really expects this peace plan mm-hmm. when and if it ever comes out to have much of an impact. I mean, it's, I've been in uh, the Middle East for 25 years and I came in around Oslo and I thought, you know, the age of Aquarius, and here we are, it's you know, worse than ever. Wars in Gaza and Lebanon. So people in uh, this area are deeply cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, here is Trump. He wants things to happen. He makes things happen. And suddenly, I have no doubt that a lot of this has to do with uh, trying to show the United States America that uh, you know, some of these Gulf states, Oman, you know, suddenly Netanyahu pops up over there, um, that they're, uh, they're ready to uh, be a bit more welcoming to the, the Western and the U.S. way of life. And uh, it's clear that this is that Trump wants to demonstrate that there are some fruits to a peace process. You know, Jonathan, some recent polls show that anti-Semitism is on the rise in the U.S. It's on the rise in Europe. So doesn't it seem a little ironic that the region where the persecution of Jews originated is now becoming the region that's actually more tolerant uh, than the places they fled two generations ago? Not at all. (laughs) David, it's not ironic because it hasn't disappeared. If there's a little bit more tolerance, it's like a, a sliver of tolerance. And I think these are people who have been raised, you know, from birth, saying that they have you know, one enemy, um, and that is Israel. And when they talk about Israel, they don't even call you know, them Israelis, they call them Jews. Yeah. Um, and that is the fact of life over here. And now, the most amazing development is that they've found an enemy that threatens them more than Israel, and that is Iran. And nobody hates Iran more than Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, which includes Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And uh, suddenly, strangely, um, we have this uh, sort of de facto uh, alliance. And again, you see that you know Israeli uh, cabinet ministers are giving speeches in uh, Dubai and Oman and Bahrain. Yeah, it's, uh, things are, are changing. So maybe I'm maybe I'm just cynical, but so all of this makes me wonder that if the acceptance of Jews and their places of worship like this, while small progress is still progress, it's not because of religious tolerance in the region. It's it's because they want something out of it in return for this tolerance. You know, you could say that you're being cynical, David, but you know that's that's how people operate. That's how they roll. So. I think, yes, there is more of a sense of uh, you know, tolerance is a value. We're not talking about embrace. We're talking about tolerance. Yes, we'll, we'll let you uh, go to this unmarked building and you know, not talk about it a lot and say your prayers, and then you'll know, come out and be like everybody else. Wear a baseball hat, not a yarmulke. 
but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little push forward. So any progress is is good progress. Bless blessings for progress. I think that's it's a good thing, but uh, everything moves incrementally very slowly. And they're afraid of backsliding, with good reason. There has been progress. People are more tolerant. They want to be. But we've watched things fall apart so many times before. So, uh, you know, let's hope things go well. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us. This was a pleasure. Make sure to follow Jonathan on Twitter. He's at jfrisiger. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. And please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers. And you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.